0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I am Will Brinson. I am your host. It is Wednesday, May the 5th. Happy Cinco de Mayo! Joining me to break down the NFC draft grades. John Breach, or Ryan Wilson and John Breach. What's up, fellas?
1: Hey, hey, hey. Hi, Brinson. I got my tequila stash ready. I'm ready to go, for Cinco.
0: That is a thing of milk, Breach. I mean, it's
1: actually body armor light it's the official drink of john breach
0: would it be surprising first of all the only advertisements that are allowed on this podcast without going through sales are the ones that i do (laughs) um second of all wilson would you be surprised at all if breach was one of those dudes who like put tequila in his body armor light no look at him he's not wearing a shirt underneath that that sweatshirt he's got zipped up number one
2: number two he's taking like weight gainer and protein powder and he's somehow
0: shrinking so it's he's doing it the wrong way
1: no, i'm chasing around a 12-month-old baby all day you, you the
0: weight just burns off why are you trying to drink body armor light what's the point no sugar is it like hydrate i don't i just don't understand what the point is
1: and i like drinking energy drinks and moving around it's got b vitamins it's
0: got yeah. some all right, all right, enough of this advertisement <laughs> <laughs> make sure you but- check out the afc draft grades <laughs> They are in the feed. We are, as I mentioned, we're doing NFC draft grades right now. And you can check out draft reactions and draft superlatives from the feed as well. We have three days of coverage in the draft. And while you're doing stuff for us, checking stuff out, make sure to check out John Breach's daily Pick Six Podcast newsletter. CBSports.com slash newsletter. Breach brings you the most entertaining, most informative NFL newsletter in the business. If you're going to sign up for one newsletter,
1: not even NFL, just one newsletter, period, it should be this one. You won't regret it. I promise. I
0: agree. Uh, We will be pulling grades from Pete Prisco. If you see us on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. Episodes drop a little early there sometimes. Uh, If you see the grade pop up on the screen, don't yell at us in the comments. Yell at Pete Prisco. If you have a grade that you hate, at PriscoCBS on Twitter. And I I hope everybody... Find everybody that listens to this. I hope every single one of you finds a grade you don't like and you tweet at Prisco CBS and say you suck. Here's why, and the reason I hope you do that is Pete is too busy to come on the podcast. Can you believe it? Classic Where'd Pete. Have, I can't believe Josh it. Josh Norris on instead of Pete this week. Pretty excited about that actually. New voice, um, bigger voice for
2: draft. Josh Norris came in number one in the mock draft prediction, so I think we're Pete. Talk about that. Pete was a hundred.
1: In, in Pete's defense, this I past he's, he's worked more in the past five days than he has in like the past six years combined. He did the grades, he had his power rankings come out on Tuesday. The man has been on fire, but his keyboard doesn't even work anymore.
3: Brinson, yeah. how long does it take for you to play a round of golf?
0: Uh 12, 14 hours. Right. Yeah.
3: Just like Pete, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. No time no, no other time of the day to take 30 minutes to talk to the, your, the company you work for, the only NFL podcast, that well, one of the two NFL podcasts we have, I guess, B-Mac and Pat Pete Count, too. But you would think that Pete would be willing to, you know, help out and to discuss his grades that he gave to all the teams on this podcast, but he wasn't. So we'll have to just maybe float something to management about Pete not being a team player. We'll see what happens. Uh, we also have plenty of time this offseason to break down every single team. So if we don't get to your team or 20 minutes on your team, that's why. We have to cover the entire NFC, and if you feel like you got shortchanged, you have a draft question, and you want something specifically answered about your team, about the draft, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast with your name and your question in there, and we will answer it on a mailbag. We will have lots of mailbags coming up this offseason, so plenty of time to do that. We will start in the NFC East, and we will begin, because this is Debo's podcast, with the Philadelphia Eagles who got a c plus from Pete prisco i'm a little surprised that they got a c plus because you know they were they were bold they were ballsy they moved up in the first round they traded with the freaking Cowboys it's, it's wrong. It's like cats and dogs living together under the same roof. They trade with the Cowboys to move up two spots to leapfrog the Giants and to grab Heisman Trophy winner Devontae Smith in the first round. They then come back and get another Bama player Landon Dickerson in the second and uh, before picking up a defensive lineman Milton Williams in the third and Zick McPherson, a cornerback whose name is probably Zach, but Zach, Z-E-C-H Zach. Hmm, Interesting. Uh, What did you think of their draft, Wilson?
2: What's well, funny you ask, because uh, as we're speaking here on the 4th, this comes out the 5th, but my uh, draft rankings have just been released on CBSports.com, and so I did to different this time instead of just sort of giving a grade. I had graded all these players before the draft after watching them and given where I thought they might get drafted for the big board, and then I compared where I thought they got drafted, where they actually got drafted, and if some players went later than I thought, that's good for the team because you didn't overdraft a player. If some players went well earlier than I expected them to, then those teams – didn't grade out as well because they overdrafted a player that I thought maybe was a third-round pick, and they ended up going uh, late in round one. All that said, I had the uh, Eagles as having the sixth best best draft. Uh, I, I thought they did pretty good. Did Debo
1: good. pay you to up them, move them he up did. in the rankings? He did. Okay.
2: But uh, the only con- the only issue I had with the guys they drafted in terms of uh, who I thought they overdrafted was Landon Dickerson, the second-round pick, and the only reason that for that is because of the the uh, injury history. He had an ACL in the last season and he's had injuries before. And that's it. Uh, Milton Williams went right right where I thought he would go. Zach McPherson, you mentioned went right where I thought he would go. Kenneth Gainwell went uh, almost three rounds later than I thought. I had him as like a low second round, early third round guy. And he went in the top of the fifth round. So that's a great pick. Uh, And then Marlon Tui Pulotu, I had him going as like a mid third round pick. He went in the sixth round. So all those guys. were underdrafted, I guess is the, the the phrase you could use. And, and that had a lot to do with why I like their draft. So uh, we'll see. I mean, if, if, if I'm terrible at putting draft grades on these guys, then it won't matter. Uh, but in terms of just doing something a little different and not saying D minus or B plus. Uh, but this is this is actually real wins over Wilson, Breach. Uh,
1: you know who would give the Eagles draft a C plus? Tom Donahoe, their senior player, uh, director of player personnel. Uh, I think my favorite part of the draft, one of my top five moments, was when the Eagles went viral in the third round because they selected Milton Williams. And then there's a video clip of Howie Roseman like trying to fist bump people, and Donahoe's just looking at him like he just pulled off the worst draft pick of all time. He was not thrilled that uh, Roseman took Milton Williams. And what happened there is the Eagles traded back uh, Donahoe. A couple of the guys wanted... To draft Aleem McNeil. And so I think the Eagles, who traded back, I think only two or three spots, nothing big. They assumed that Milton Williams and Aleem McNeil would both be available and they can make their decision at 73. And boom, the Lions came in at 72, took Aleem McNeil. So they lost him. And then they got they took Milton Williams because they have a choice at that point. And uh so maybe. That is why Prisco. Maybe Prisco's boys with Tom Donahoe. Everyone's upset about that third-round pick. Uh, In the end, I agree with everything you said. I thought they had a solid draft. I mean, I I don't think you can really – there are a lot of picks where you just kind of shake your head and you wonder what's going on. I didn't think the Eagles really had any of those. Uh, You know, there's you don't usually have a draft with this many picks where you could see most of these guys being a contributor, Um, but the Eagles did that. I like this draft.
0: Or maybe Ali McNeil is just the best draft prospect out there. Even before the first day of the draft and they knew they were about to steal a first round pick in the third round and he was mad about it. That would be understandable. So, wait a
2: second. I was looking at something real quick. They wanted a Lee McNeil and had to settle for Milton Williams. Is that what the upset
1: faces were about? That is what the upset faces were
2: about. Also,
0: the Lions didn't trade up. Um, The Eagles traded down. That's what
3: I said. Eagles yeah. had okay.
1: 70. So, how many How many did they trade down? Two or three? Three, three? spots, and then the Lions
0: took a lean there. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah. So, so, so the Eagles probably. the yeah. Eagles were at 70, and they traded back to 73 and figured both their guys would be available, and then the Lions took a lean McNeil at
0: 72. Also, they dropped from 70 to 73, and all they added was 191st overall. And so, that, Donahoe a, was
1: mad at that, too. He didn't think, why give up our guy you, for a six-round pick?
3: How'd you find all that out, Breach? Uh, there's much there? of quotes. I mean, Howie Roseman talked about it because he was asked. Like, yeah. And Howie no, was, Roseman justified it by kind of saying, you know, some of the guys in the office talking about Tom Donahue spent six months scouting guys like this. And, and you know, you spent six months, you think you're going to get a guy and he's right there for you. You you trade back three picks probably because of the GM and you lose out on that guy that you've been scouting. Like I totally understand that reaction. And trust me, I think a lot of Eagles, a lot of the Eagles fan base would, would give Howie that reaction if, if they had a chance to uh, interact with them.
2: Oh, well, here's something that... Um,
3: that 191st pick, that is te- it was technically...
0: So it's from Carolina, but the Panthers acquired 191 overall in exchange for Teddy Bridgewater. And then the Eagles drafted Teron Jackson, defensive end, out of Coastal Carolina. So Milton Williams, Teron Jackson, Orly McNeil, what would you take, Wilson?
2: Well, it's funny, because I was actually looking up the draft grades I had for both these guys for the big board. Milton Williams I had as a... Uh, like a third round pick, twenty fifth overall is where I graded him, and then I had a lean was three twenty seven. So they're right next to each other. So they right. went. I had them two spots different, and they went one spot apart. So,
0: I, I mean, I understand Donahue being miffed if you trade back three spots for a 6 round pick, and 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 you're and you've got you've got a guy in there who's slamming the table saying take McNeil, and you know mm-hmm. Rose is like, well, I mean, you know, he probably won't be gone if he is. We'll just take Milton Williams. Uh, as as Wilson points out, they're they're graded uh, equal, pretty close. Before we uh, latch too long onto the Philadelphia Eagles, we will have to get, of course, Debo's thoughts on this draft. Debo, I look at this draft and it screams Howie trying to make fans happy with those first two picks.
3: Yeah, I could see that definitely with the first pick, but like I told you on Friday night, I think there was a, a portion of the fan base that wasn't thrilled with a Landerson, Landon Dickerson pick because of his injury issues. Now, we know he it, it could be an incredible player and, and a first-round talent if he is healthy, but I think Eagles fans, at least from what I saw, were about split in terms of if they approved that pick or not or if they could have just gotten someone else a little bit more ready to play. like. We don't have to worry too much about this year, but maybe in the future when when Jason Kelsey retires, like Landon Dickerson can be that replacement. So I'm all in favor of the pick. You cannot be mad at the Devontae Smith pick, especially considering that they were proactive and moved up and surpassed the Giants who were definitely going to take them. Maybe I look back in the future and uh, wish they had taken Justin Fields. That's how I feel right at this moment. Mm. But I think they're putting Jalen Hurts in a good position to succeed with the pick of Devonte Smith. I just don't know if Hurts should be the guy that they're they're trying to hype all this up with when they could have had a real franchise quarterback in Justin Fields at number ten. I, yeah, I mean, I
0: think if I'm the Eagles, I I don't I don't even really consider Philadelphia in the group of teams that could feel like idiots for passing on fields. It's sort of like I think we'll, they,
2: I, we'll, I, we'll see, right? I mean, in the moment I'm fine with Devontae Smith too. But if Justin Fields turns out to be
0: Yeah, I guess I'm saying that I, I look at them sort of like we look at the Bengals with Pat Mahomes, where we joke about it with breach, but you know they probably weren't I didn't really think the that the Eagles were taking Fields. Did you? I when they traded up I was like, oh maybe that's Fields. I was like, no that's Devontae Smith. They just from Gettelman.
2: Do you think that uh the Giants should have taken Patrick Mahomes or was it smart
0: that they passed on him? <laughs> um the did the Giants the Giants did pass on Patrick Mahomes for that was
2: a shout out to our NFL editor, Kevin Steinwell, who got old
0: takes exposed for saying that he was, <laughs> 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 he was- <laughs> that's 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 a great point. I forgot about that. Yeah, the Giants probably should have taken Patrick Mahomes, yes. Um everybody should have taken Patrick Mahomes. The Bears. Right. That's the 49ers! At, at, at any rate, y- yes, if Fields turns out to be a generational, you know top 10 quarterback in the NFL or top five quarterback in the NFL, then uh, the teams that didn't take him will look extremely stupid. And Ryan Pace will look extremely smart. Um, but if I'm Philly and I trade Carson Wentz and I've drafted a second round pick with Jalen Hurts, and he has played well at times in the NFL, even though I think you know, probably a little overhyped mainly because of his fantasy scoring, I'm sort of with Jeff Lurie on this. I want to see what he does in 2021. And to do that, you need to get him some help. So why not surround him with some of his old teammates? Exactly. Thank you. Let's move mm-hmm. on to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas, everyone expected, this is how it always works, right? They're mocked. Like 97% of mock drafts gave them a cornerback in the first round at number 10 overall. The cornerbacks, the two top cornerbacks, J.C. Horn, goes eight. And then Patrick Shirtan goes nine, as I predicted in my final mock draft. Just flipped. And then the Cowboys trade with the Eagles, move back to 12, and draft Micah Parsons, who they wanted all along. They pick up Kelvin Joseph late in the second round and some other edge picks in the third round. What did you think about their draft, Wilson?
2: Uh, they ranked 30th in my draft rankings. And well, again, again, to be clear, I don't hate what they did. It's just that it didn't. Uh, mesh up with what I had them doing in terms of where I thought they would go. What's going on here? Sorry, I was looking at this thing. Let me pull up the thing. So what do I have? Okay, so Micah Parsons I love, Kelvin Joseph I loved. I get all that. I, I think those are fantastic picks, and, and they helped the defense right away. Uh, Chauncey Golson I thought was drafted a little too high, the edge rusher, um, and the one the one that threw everything for a loop and this is the biggest disparity of any pick in this entire draft was the third round pick, uh, 35th over in that, in third round, Nashawn, Wright, The cornerback out of Oregon state. I had him as a uh, priority free agent and clearly he went the bottom of round three. And that was 100% a Dan Quinn pick because he fits like the long rangy, not four, four guy quarter cornerback that Dan Quinn likes. So, uh, that to me was, the, the most glaring difference. And the other difference was um, late in round four, they took Josh Ball to tackle out of Marshall. Transfer from Florida State, who I had is going in the seventh round. And the only reason I had him going in the seventh round is because he had some off-field issues, um, domestic violence stuff, I think, back in early in his career. Um, he could be a really good football player, but you know, you're know, you just taking a, taking a risk there in, in that regard. So those are the big things for me. I love the Simi Fajoko pick down in, in the late fifth. I had him as an early sixth. And I, I like their top three picks a lot, too. So I, I think they did a lot of things to make the football team better. It was just those two picks that I had questions about, especially a third-rounder on a cornerback that um, Dan Quinn likes. But the funny thing is no one in the media was talking about and That doesn't mean it's a bad pick. It just means that
0: the media don't, doesn't always know what the NFL is doing.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, and, uh, I was, well, was going to say that
0: like with draft grades, that whole debate's been going on for two or three days. You know, it's like, for well, the media, does not know. Well, no, but neither do NFL teams. That's why draft bust exists. I mean, right.
1: But I do think specifically the Nation Wright pick is interesting because when you have someone like Dan Quinn who's saying, all right, this guy's a good fit for my system. This might not be, uh, you know, he might be there in the fourth or fifth round. So, yes, we're reaching, but I don't want to risk losing him because he's such a perfect fit. And so sometimes you'll have – a defensive coordinator or an assistant coach feel that way. And that's why you'll see a team reach. So that is absolutely one of those that, you know, maybe it ends up panning out for the Cowboys because Quinn's right. And this guy was a perfect fit, or maybe Wilson's going to look smart in five years and the Cowboys are going to look like idiots and they way overreached here. But you know what? Look, the Cowboys, what were they terrible at last year? They're terrible at playing defense. The defense was horrible. Everything about the defense was bad. So what they do, they go out and took, defensive players with their first six picks, you know, at least they're yeah, doing the right the thing. You're on the bot. right path. What activate the breach bot. Here we
0: go. <laughs> I, I like the draft more than Wilson did. well.
1: Well, Brinson. Uh, I don't. Remember, I, on Thursday, when we were rating the winners and losers from the first round, Brinson had the Cowboys as a loser, even though they traded down, picked up extra picks, and took Micah Parsons. And I have never seen someone get more hate on Instagram than Brinson did when we put this look. Oh, on, oh, oh! Don't look! Don't look! There's
2: hey just- breach. Check TikTok because I want to see Brinson get this short on TikTok. That's my. <laughs> that's the only thing I have on my New Year's my mid year resolution.
0: Um, my, my but, issue with the Parsons thing is that the Cowboys just lost Sean Lee to retirement and they're not going to pick up the fifth year option with Leighton Vander So They're like, you know need we needed? Lineba- another linebacker. It's really worked
2: out well. So, I, well, They they do need a linebacker too. They also got Jabril Cox, who is awesome. So they got two linebackers. Jabril Cox is, is not as big as Micah Parsons. He can play a more versatile role. I, I, I actually like what they did, but just those two picks that I mentioned, the disparity is what dinged them in my wins over Wilson. Draft great.
0: I, I I don't I don't hate the the draft necessarily. You know, I'm not gonna praise the Panthers last year for taking all defensive players and blast the Cowboys for it. And they they need to be better on defense. It's just how many of these guys are gonna have to be impact guys in in year one. Well, right? the first two definitely. Oh, I think. Her. For I think sure, they have, a, they have a chance to do that. I mean, but no, look—if these guys are impact guys, and the Cowboys have a ton of upside to them, it's just—it's this is still a very stars and scrubsy team. I kind of wanted to see him beef up the offensive line because okay.
2: yeah. no, like the whole thing we've been talking about the last month of the season is how well football team and uh, the Giants have done in terms of making their rosters better in free agency. And I said this, and I think at one point. At least one point, you guys both agree with me that Dak Prescott can't score forty points a game, and they're not the favorite in that division. So you have to fix the defense. I think now they're actually helping themselves be more competitive in a division that is truly, and utterly terrible.
0: No, that's true. A lot of lot of investments into uh, into the defensive side of the ball for Dallas. We will see how it pans out, and and maybe it doesn't matter if it's great in you know in the in the first year. You know, maybe it doesn't matter if it's great in the first year. If it does work out over the long haul. The Washington football team got a B-plus from Pete Prisco for their draft and probably bolstered by the fact that they take Jamin Davis, 19th overall. He wasn't the first linebacker, unfortunately for me, because that would have been very nice. But Mm -hmm. uh, Pete Prisco believes he will, quote, be a special player on a talented front seven. He flies all around, makes big plays, linebacker to Kentucky. They had Samuel Cosme, an offensive lineman in the second round, and uh, then picked up some... Offensive help later on with De'Ami Brown in the third round. They also had Benjamin St. Juice, the quarterback out of Minnesota, and John Bates, tight end out of Boise. Thoughts on what the Washington football team did, Wilson?
2: They came in 20th on the wins over Wilson NFL draft rankings, and uh, I'll tell you why. I love the Jamie Davis pick, love Sam Cosme pick. I actually like the St. Jude's pick. I had him going a, a little lower, like the early fourth round. The issues came with John Bates, the tight end, in the fourth round. I had him as a sixth-round pick. But, again, he could work out. That's fine. That's just a difference of opinion. It's not that I hate it. Um, and the Cameron Cheeseman pick, I did have some issue with because he's a long snapper that they took um, late in the sixth round. But, you know, if you're going to take a special teams player, it has to be a kicker, and he has to go to the Bengals. But th- those were the, the the Bates pick and the Cheeseman pick were what um, – ding them most. And at the end of the day, just so you, in case anyone cares, I weighted the day one and day two heavier than day three. So it's not like I gave a a lot of weight to the idea of a long sapper going with the 41st pick in the sixth round. Um, But they, they, again, checking boxes, I guess, suppose you could argue they could have gotten a quarterback or should have tried to get a quarterback because we saw certainly that um, the bears did that, but this team, this defense can be better. The offensive line is better, and you have Ryan Fitzpatrick for a year. I have no issue with this.
0: Okay. Cool, 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 cool.
1: I will say on the subject of drafting long snappers, Wilson, I actually agree Washington probably should have waited the seventh round if they were going to take one at all. If there's one position that does not get drafted ever, it is long snapper. We saw two of them taken here. Uh, It would have been more fitting if Mr. Cheeseman had ended up in Green Bay, uh, but he did not – And you know what? As weird as it sounds, he's going to have a lot of pressure on him. You never hear about, you know, because like you don't think of somebody drafting, getting drafted in the sixth round and pretty much being a lock for a starting job. But that's kind of what you have with Cheeseman, because the uh, which sounds so ridiculous to say every time, uh, because
0: the breach changed his last name or either first or last name to Cheeseman. I might. Cheeseman Breach or
1: John Cheeseman? I like yeah, Cheeseman. But, but so Washington, their long snapper was Nick Sunberg for a long time. He'd been there since 2010. Uh, so we're talking over 10 years with that organization. All of a sudden, Washington decided, all right, you know what? We don't need you anymore. So you draft a guy. And so literally, Cheeseman's going to have pressure. You go in there and you have a bad snap on your first extra point, your first field goal, uh, then Washington, you look like idiots for letting Sundberg go for drafting a guy named Cheeseman. So it, it was... A definitely an interesting pick, but uh, like Ryan, I did like the top of their draft.
0: Yeah, and Washington's a little bit different from Dallas, too, because when you look at Washington, there are not as many spots that they needed to fill in terms of the starting starting spots on either side. I will say that I thought they could have addressed the wide receiver position a little bit earlier, but I guess diami Brown in the third fits kind of well with Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. They're just thin there. If something happens with McLaurin, man, that –
2: you know, they look. Pete, promised Pete to. liked Deami Brown better than I did. He's a deep threat, and yeah, he's um, a he's, he's a burner, man. So that's great. And Dax Milne actually, he feels like um, a more athletic version of Hunter Renfro. Uh, yeah. I don't think talked about him. I think we talked about him earlier, but he. And, and look,
0: it's possible that you know Antonio Gandy Golden takes a step forward next year, and it doesn't matter as so much. You didn't bring up Kelvin Harmon's name. You done talking about him? I mean, yeah. what are we going oh, to stump for Kelvin Harmon? See, he's listed on our lads as the starter. Okay, all right, that's good. The New York Giants, the G-Men, got a B-plus from Pete Prisco for their grade, which their draft, which started, was supposed to start at 11, but when they got leapfrogged by the Philadelphia Eagles for Devontae Smith, who they were clearly taking, Dave Gettleman decided to flip everybody on their heads and traded down in the draft for the first time in his history as a GM either with New York or with Carolina and he did it in a big way moving down all the way to number 20 swapping picks with the Chicago Bears and getting a 2022 first round Chicago's 2022 first round pick a very valuable asset and took uh, so the Bears could come up and take Justin Fields the Giants go down and take Kadarius Tony with the 20th overall pick they then scoop up he didn't trade traded he traded it down three straight times it's just classic Gettleman, like Oh, you tell me I don't do this? Watch, I do it all the time. I, look at me. Takes Aziz O'Jelari in the second round, Aaron Robinson, cornerback in the third round, and then picked up a couple more defensive players, just three more players in the draft, only a six-player draft. Ellerson Smith, the edge out of Northern Iowa in the fourth, Gary Brightwell, running back from Arizona in the sixth, and Radarius Williams, a cornerback from Oklahoma State, in the sixth. I believe that their trades up for... Do they trade up or back for Robinson and Ozilary? Uh I don't know. <laughs> That's your job. Darius okay. Williams is
2: Greedy's brother. Uh, older brother, too, I believe. Um, I like that pick at the very end. I, he went around lower than I thought. Kadarius Tony, I think, is a home run. It just has to, you know, you, we talked about it at the time. You were sort of passing on Devonta Smith um, for Tony Toney, in the first-round pick, and that, that feels like the right move. Uh, Aziz Ojalary, they got around earlier than I thought. There were some concerns about his injury, and Aaron Robinson went, exactly where i thought he would go at the top of the third round he's a physical pretty big fast slot guy and, and i think he, he's going to have the chance to be really good ellison smith i didn't like him going that high but he opted out last year and played small school so he could be certainly much better than the last time i saw him play
0: yeah all right uh let's see so the for the, the for that third round pick they moved up i'm not sure about the second sorry reach go ahead
1: they the well the second didn't happen during the draft did it I think the only one that happened the night of the draft was, or besides the first round pick, obviously uh, that, that third round pick, they had the 76, they moved up to 71 and trade with the Broncos. um, And that is where they grabbed Aaron Robinson. You move up five spots. You got to like someone, Uh, you know what though, they needed cornerback help. They got it. I think that's big. And, I like this, and I think the biggest reason I like this is because, like you said, Princeton Gettleman made that shocking trade. No one thought Dave Gettleman was going to trade back, and not only did he do it, he got them a first-round pick in next year when the draft should be better because you don't have guys who took a year off. Uh, you know, your scouts are going to be back on the road watching people. So I, I do think I, I agree with kind of the logic that a first-round pick in 2022 is more valuable than a first-round pick in 2021. Uh, so I, I thought the Giants did a fantastic job of filling their needs, and then plus picking up that first-round pick for next year.
0: I concur completely. Um, Debo, would you rather have Devontae Smith or Kadarius Tony in a first-round pick? Devontae. Okay. Ooh. Now you're kind of a loyal to
3: whatever the Eagles did guy. Uh, you sure? Uh, yeah. That that is true going I'm I'm thinking back in my mind to preferring Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson last year, so I was wrong on that. I think there was a certain point where I stopped giving Howie Roseman the benefit of the doubt and I was ready to like just hate whatever pick he made, but it's hard to hate on what they did this year. And they are they they have they're loaded up on first round picks. They have, I think, the second most draft capital for the twenty twenty two draft after the moves that they've made this off season.
0: Okay, fair enough. Let's move to the NFC North and we will start with the Minnesota Vikings who got an A grade from Pete Prisco. He loved what Minnesota did, probably because they just sat back there or they traded back actually, excuse me, um, and picked up Christian Derisaw, Pete's one of Pete's favorite tackles in the draft. They that This trade came about, this is originally Seattle's first round pick and the Jets came up to get Elijah Vera Tucker and gave Minnesota picks to move back down to twenty three, and they still managed to get an offensive lineman and got paid handsomely for it. So hard to blame Minnesota for that move. Kellen Mond was their next pick; who they took sixty six overall in the third round. Resulted in RG three blasting Kirk Cousins on some Bleacher Report stream, I believe. Then what? they took one of the. Yeah, you didn't hear that. Ah, uh-huh. they said, "Oh, he's in trouble now." Oh, RG three. Actually, RG3 did a good job analyzing it, but he, he said but, here here's his quote. He, he said
3: it
1: happened
0: to be Kirk Cousins, he was talking about.
1: He said Kellamon represents exactly what Kirk doesn't do well. Kellen is the big physical quarterback. He can run it, throw it all over the field. And I don't think that's something that number eight is able to do in Minnesota. End quote.
2: Oh, it sounds a little bit like sour grapes. He's not wrong, but it sounds like sour grapes.
0: So the sour grapes can be good, Ryan. For moving from 14 to 23 the vikings sent 143rd overall fourth round it also got back 66 and 86th overall which ended up being uh two so they ended up with three picks in the third round they did they oh my god did they give away their second round pick for freaking yannick and is that right yeah that, i believe that's right okay, that is rough um, at least they sold him off, and it was sort of a rental. But they come up with Kellamon Chaz Surratt, former, uh, former quarterback for Carolina, and also former ACC Defensive Player of the Year as a linebacker, which you don't see very often. And they grabbed Wyatt Davis, the offensive lineman from Ohio State, in the third. Uh,
2: Third-round pick,
0: sorry. Third-round pick for Ngakwe. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, it was the third. Okay.
2: What did that Oh, mean? hold on. It's trading the Vikings for 2021 second-round pick. Nope,
0: never mind. <laughs> yeah, they, they got a third back from him, back that. for him from Baltimore, I think. And gave it but but got him for a second in uh in in, in what they paid for Jacksonville. They also got right. Patrick That's Jones, right. the edge out of Pittsburgh, and then had I mean they had a ton of picks here.
2: We'll yep. I had them as the uh they ranked 15th in my rankings. And uh let's see why. Daresaw pick I love Kelamond actually had him going uh second overall in the third round. That's exactly where he went. Wow. Uh Surratt had him going third round 15th he went third round 14th so I'm, I'm getting hot here I like this draft White Davis went almost a full round before I thought he would gonna he would go um Jones went right where I thought it came with um things went different in a different direction with uh uh their the running back out of Iowa State in the fourth round I had him as, as a seventh round pick but again it, that doesn't mean anything it's just differences of opinion and then uh the last one I'll mention Amar Smith uh Amir Smith-Marset the wide receiver at Iowa who didn't blow me away, but he played in sort of a weird offense, and he wasn't given a lot of opportunities. And so I had him as a seventh-round pick. He went in the fifth round. And, again, you just don't know sometimes you're in a crappy offense that doesn't work out in college, and the light comes on in uh, in the pros. And that could be certainly the case with Smith uh playing with RG3's favorite quarterback, Kirk Cousins, or RG3's uh, real favorite quarterback in Kiliman.
1: Uh, I'm like getting frightened because I'm agreeing with all Prisco's grades here. I thought the Vikings had one of the best drafts. Prisco gave me a, uh, we were talking about our teaser yesterday. It was only three teams received an a two of them were in the AFC. One of them, the Vikings was the only team in the NFC that got an a from Prisco. And you just look at the holes on their roster. You know, like they need to protect the quarterback. They came on, got Christian Darisal. Some people thought uh, he could have been a top 15 pick. The Kellen Mond. I like that because you put pressure on Kirk Cousins without putting too much pressure on the coaching staff. So, you know, if you draft someone 11th overall or or top 15 as a coaching staff, you feel pressure to get that guy in the field. He needs to be our starting quarterback. We took him the first round because we want him to contribute right away. You take a guy in the third round, it's all right. Kelamon is going to be on the bench in 2021, unless he just completely outplays Kirk Cousins during training camp somehow. If that happens, it's a win-win. So if he outplays cousins, you play him. And if he doesn't, you have him on the bench and no one's gonna uh bad nigh because he was a third round pick. Uh so I liked almost everything the Vikings did.
0: Yeah, it's hard to complain. They and to be perfectly honest, I mean this division is fascinating because if Aaron Rodgers does get traded, and we'll get to the Packers in a second, I mean Minnesota if they can get... Their offense was fine last year. Like, their offense wasn't the problem, Is their defense was a disaster. If, if, if Mike Zimmer can fix that defense... And, and the good news is they had a bunch of young guys last year that
2: struggled, and they'll yep. be going into year two, and they'll have Michael Pierce coming back who opted out.
0: Yeah, and saw you know, you started to put together this just elite-level offensive line for Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook, with, you know, Derisaw, Radberry, and others on there. You could really end up with the productive offense again. So maybe the Vikings are sort of a sleeper here. The... Detroit Lions. Wow, everybody got good grades in this draft. The Detroit Lions got a B plus from Pete Prisco, mainly because they sat back and let Panay Sewell fall to them. <laughs> you saw their war room, man. Old uh, old Holmes there. He was wigging out about getting Panay Sewell at seven. Some people think he's generational. Others are, have question marks about him. They also got Levi On- oh, I can't do it. <laughs> On-, On-, On Wuzuriki. The defensive lineman out of Washington in the second round, a nice little pickup. And then, as we mentioned, Aleem McNeil. They went trenches, trenches, trenches. And look, this is a Dan Campbell draft if there ever was one, right? Yeah. I I mean,
2: guys who eat kneecaps for lunch. The only pick, I'm looking real quick, the only pick that was went Earlier than I thought, and that was only a handful of picks before was Ali McNeil. I had him going three twenty-seven. He went three hundred eight. Every other pick was underdrafted, if you will. So met Mellon fonwu the cornerback out of Syracuse, I had him as the second round. He went late in the third round. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, the wide receiver, Equiminius, his brother, um out of USC. He went there. uh He went ahead uh, of where I thought he might go. And the last pick, Jamar Jefferson, the running back out of Oregon State, really good player who. Felt like a six-round pick to me, but went at almost at the very end of the draft, seven, seven to twenty-nine pick overall. So yeah, I, I it's hard to argue with checking boxes and getting more value than than what uh, I had them uh, potentially getting. So well done, Brad Holmes. Well done, Dan Campbell. Well done, kneecaps.
1: I just like that the Lions drafted a bunch of people that definitely went to the Dan Campbell school of absolutely craziness. I mean, you have. Uh, their second round pick coming out and saying, I like to F people up during his zoom meeting with the it media." The whole thing, except he, uh, except he didn't say effing. He used the actual F word. I like effing people up. I like to get off the line and just put my helmet or my hands on an offensive lineman and F up an offensive scheme. I like pushing them back two to three yards and just making them feel like poop, except he didn't use the word poop. I mean, yes. it was bonkers hearing this guy. And that, that as soon as you heard him talk, if I would have heard that quote, Three days before the draft, and someone asked me, "Who's going to draft that guy?" I would say the Lions. That is a Dan Campbell guy. That dude is going to be like the number one overall pick uh, because the Lions are going to love him so much. So, yeah, it seems like the Lions did. I really like their first two picks. Is what it comes down to.
0: Yeah, you can see that C plus by Ali McNeil. All you want, Ali McNeil is going to be a star player. He will make Pro Bowls in the NFL. I promise you that. He is. He had a pick six last year. The dude is a freak. And he, the Lions, stole him from the. Eagles. I promise you Aline McNeil will make a Pro Bowl before his career is How over. How much are you promising? Uh, I mean you make a lot of promises.
1: Will you get a tattoo of
2: Aline McNeil? <laughs> a life-size Aline McNeil tattoo. On your lower back.
0: <laughs> uh no, we're done with tattooed bets, guys. We gotta find something I'm better. working on the Ryan Finley one.
1: It's coming.
2: Yeah. Gare asked me about it again yesterday on Ace So that that's her driving focus right now. So that I, I gotta
0: right. say I like that the Bears didn't I mean the, the Bears, that the Lions did not Think about or go quarterback, and I, I don't, you know, Justin Fields is well. I don't know that I put the well, line in. you like it for now. We'll see again. Like, they, like this team is not ready if they get Justin. Justin Fields isn't good on this team. That's fair. And they have Jared Goff locked in for two years. Slow I would say scale. that
2: Trevor Lawrence isn't good on this team either. I don't think there's a quarterback
0: alive that's going to be good on this team. I mean, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't win ten games on this team. No, right? no. we could find out the Bears. <laughs> I don't think that that we will get that far. The Chicago Bears. We're not going to ding them too much, I don't suppose, for trading away next year's first-round pick because they went up and got Justin Fields. They're the team that came away with them in 11th overall. As Pete Briscoe wrote, they gave up a lot, but they ended up with the second-best quarterback in the draft. It's a bold move, but necessary. A, for the record, that is a higher grade than he gave the Chiefs for trading up to take Patrick Mahomes, which he gave a B. That's worth noting. They come in and trade for Tevin Jenkins in the second round again get an A-plus from Chris Trapasso and then get Larry, and then they have another pick until the fifth round. So, you know, you can point out that they had a bunch of fifth and sixth round picks. Daz Newsom, a nice pick there late in the sixth round. Uh, Khalil Herbert, sort of a, a sleeper coming out of the ACC as well. I like this draft, and quite frankly, Wilson, it looks nothing like a Ryan Pace draft.
2: They ranked fifth on wins over Wilson draft rankings, just ahead, just behind the Lions. So 15th for the Vikings, fourth for the Lions, fifth for the Bears. We'll see what the old uh, Packers do here in a second. But yeah, Justin Fields, home run. Tevin Jenkins, home run. Uh, Larry Borum, the offensive tackle out of Missouri. I had, had him going in the seventh round. So two, two rounds too high in my book, but we'll see. He could be a great player. Uh, but every other player down the list was under-drafted, and, and that, I thought they would go later earlier than they actually went off the board to the bears. And uh, you mentioned Das Newsome. I love that pick. I love the Thomas Graham pick the, the cornerback out of Oregon. I thought he should have been one of the, the first Oregon defense backs off the board. I think he ended up being the last, um, but exactly. The, I mean, it, it looks like a Ryan Pace draft in that he traded for a quarterback, but I think this time he traded for the right quarterback. And this could be one of those things where Justin Fields saves Ryan Pace's job for the next 10 years. Um, because. Mr. Bisky almost got him fired.
1: Uh, I'll just say about this draft that I wish it would have been in Vegas, not Cleveland. I thought because the bears took a gamble. This was the biggest gamble of what you like. Justin Fields is a good quarterback. You, you know, Princeton, I think you said Prisco had fields as the number two overall quarterback in the draft. Uh, But Ryan pace, Matt Nagy, basically they are gambling their entire future on these top two picks. It's not just Justin Fields here. It's Tevin Jenkins, second overall, or in the second round, the 39th overall pick. When you're the Bears and you cut your starting left tackle, Charles Leno, who just got cut on Monday, and you're saying, all right, we're just going to give the job to this rookie Uh, And we're going to boot this guy who has started 80 straight games for us. Charles Leno had been the Bears' left tackle for 80 straight games dating back to 2016. I mean, that is a gigantic gamble because even if Fields is good, all of a sudden, you know, if Tevin Jenkins is a turnstile and, and defensive linemen are just getting back there and putting pressure on fields in every play, he's not going to be able to succeed even if he is good because he's still going to be learning on the go. Uh, so I thought the bigger gamble here was just basically giving Tevin Jenkins left tackle job when you might have a rookie starting quarterback on the field.
0: Only John Breach would ding the Bears for drafting somebody who's going to play in front of Andy Dalton. So just No, so the
1: same thing with Andy Dalton. Oh, I'm saying it's a risk. It's a giant risk. The gamble might pay off. The gamble might pay off hugely, Brenton.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, the, like, Tevin Jenkins was a great pick there at 39, but, you know, they gave up a third round pick. It ended up being Tommy Trimble out of the tight end out of Notre Dame that the Panthers took at 83rd overall. And the Panthers also got Brady Christensen at, you know, later on in the second round. So you have to wonder would you, you know, would you prefer to have Tevin Jenkins? Is Tevin Jenkins that much better than Brady Christensen, Wilson? Yeah. Oh, all right.
1: But also if you're the Bears, but, like wouldn't you maybe wait to training camp or a preseason game to see Tevin Jenkins on the field before you let your starting left tackle go?
2: Yeah. I I would Breach, you're a blogger. Ryan Pace is a general manager who already drafted Mr. Trubisky and Justin Fields. So who do you think knows more? <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right, let's go to the Packers. And of course, it's impossible to talk about the 2021 NFL draft without mentioning the fact that Aaron Rodgers before the draft, you know, this the He's done. He's out. He wants out of Green Bay. Adam Schefter reported the news. Jay Glazer uh, confirmed it as well. And even with that news fluttering and pummeling Packers Nation, the Packers didn't take a wide receiver in the first round. They took Eric Stokes, the cornerback, out of Georgia. My uh, bankroll appreciates it. Thank you for the under on that. And then they took Josh Myers, offensive lineman, in the second round. And then in the third round, as if to try and send a signal to Aaron Rodgers. They drafted Amari Rogers, the wide receiver out of Clemson. Finally, they got him a skill guy. Do you like the Packers draft, Ryan?
2: Um, I had him ranked 25th, so that's dead last among the AFC, uh, the NFC North teams. And I feel like last year they were dead last because of the Jordan Love uh, running back tight end day one, day two draft, which had a lot of people frustrated. So Eric Stokes, I, I didn't like him as much as most people. I had him as a third round guy, so that dinged him a little bit, but a lot of people liked him, including Pete Prisco, Josh Myers. I did like, that's a good pick there. Amari Rodgers. I love that pick. Uh, as I said before, he's uh, T Martin's son on HQ. I actually called him T Higgins son, which would be awesome that his former teammate was his son. Uh, Pete Prisco was kind enough to interrupt me and, and make sure that I, that didn't go out um, as uh, as truth. Um And then the the rest of the picks, until you get to round six and seven, the last two picks, I had as being overdrafted. And now Royce Newman is a a tackle at Ole Miss. He'll play guard in Green Bay. So that's why he was drafted earlier. And you have to account for that, which I didn't, obviously. But um, the draft is fine. They needed help in the secondary. Kevin King was obviously a liability last year. They need help in the center because Corey Lindsay's gone. They need a a, a new Randall Cobb, and that's exactly what Amari Rogers is. But the issue is the quarterback. And and if Aaron Rodgers ain't there – by the way, I'm going to put it at seven percent that Aaron Rodgers plays Week One in Green Bay. That's low, and I think that what if Jordan Love isn't terrible? Because I was a huge Jordan Love guy, so that that'll be my trial run for Mac Jones. I'm going to have to get up the Jordan Love bandwagon and will that into existence too.
0: I man, I don't know. I don't. I don't. It's, team isn't terrible, the, right? The Packers, right?
1: The, Wouldn't it be funny if uh oh, yeah. it, it, Ryan just put it seven percent that Rodgers opens the season in Green Bay? Wouldn't it be funny if uh Rodgers actually plays for Washington and their first <laughs> game is at Green Bay, and that's Still? why he's on the field in week one? Uh like you said everything you said about the draft. I'm gonna focus on the Mari Rogers pick because I thought that was like it is like. Goody Kunst and uh, Rodgers are just going back and forth just just with these haymakers, seeing who can uh, – imagine if Brinson was in a holdout right now, Wilson's hosting the show, and then we bring on an analyst named Bill Brinson instead of Will Brinson. Like, <laughs> You're going to take that as a slight, even if it's not meant as one, even if that was the most qualified person, like, oh, you got a Rodgers. Oh, we have the same first initial. Like, This thing is just – it feels so messed up. I'm not even going to give it a 7% chance. I'm going to give it a 0.7% chance that Aaron Rodgers is playing for the Packers in Week 1. Not even 7. Wow. Wait, what percentage chance you give it? Not even 7, he said. 0.7. Wow.
2: Uh -uh. I mean, is he retired or is he? He could. I think that he, Deshaun, as we said, Deshaun Watson, is 25-year-old, is not retiring. He'll just maybe have to sit out and then make it before all the things happen off the field. Allegedly, then he would have to make a decision. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is so spiteful and vengeful. He will be like, peace out. I've been doing this for since 2005. I got a Super Bowl. I got a ton of money. I'm moving with my wife to LA.
1: Well, you know, let me ask you this. What if the Texans called up the Packers and said, look, we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. It's going to be your problem, but we'll trade you straight up. Rodgers for Watson. I
0: wouldn't do it for the Packers. Rodgers has to have a no trade clause, I'm sure. Right.
2: Maybe. Well, who knows? But I mean, yeah. I wouldn't do it. We have Jordan Love. I mean, but if you had a
1: chance to get Deshaun Watson,
2: you wouldn't take it in a perfect world. But clearly, things are not going perfectly for Deshaun Watson right
0: now. The oh, he does not have a no trade cost. That is a problem. That makes it even more hilarious. that hey, You send him to Siberia, then. Like, no, yeah, that's in Houston, bro. We just no, tra- he, 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 he retires. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem is you, if you send him somewhere crappy, he retires. The, the other problem for Rodgers, too, I think, is that, and this is a problem for the Packers, to be perfectly frank, is they needed this to come out three weeks ago. So they had time to formulate a possible draft trade, right? Where you trade, you know, you tell the 49ers, hey, don't take a quarterback. We're going to trade you, Aaron Rodgers, for Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Pitts. You know, and they take Kyle Pitts at three or or
1: give us but a... But you know Rodgers knew it needed to come out three weeks ago, and he's like, how can I screw them over the most, just like Ooh. they did to me last year? I leak it on draft day when they don't have time to change up their
0: plans. And, you know, we talked about it on some show, I believe, but when you see Adam Schefter, this doesn't happen in the NFL, right? Most of the time, this news is delivered to multiple reporters. And Adam Schefter goes on, he's on the NFL draft pre pre pre-draft show on ESPN, and he says without knowledge of any of his coworkers who were all surprised by his statement, he said, coming up after the break, I'm going to drop some news and they go to the break. And during the break, Amina Kimes and Dan Orlovsky and Laura Rutledge, who were on the set, Marcus Spears, I believe all tweeted. You might want to turn on ESPN because Schefter is about to drop a bomb. Ratings go up. People talked about Aaron Rodgers and Schefter dropped the news and it is it is a bomb, and it's going to change the landscape of the NFL if he's ultimately traded. That's why I, Super Bowl odds are off the board. Denver closed I, like 25 to 1. The Broncos did because that's the, the landing spot. It's that's not the changing
2: the landscape of the NFL, though. I think it's overstated.
1: I think it's just he's angry, he's old, and he's been mistreated. I mean, I, I disagree, Ryan, because whatever di- division he gets changed to, that division's upside down. If he's in the AFC, that changes the AFC. Like –
0: did, Pat, um, we're minus two fifty to win the division, and they're barely going to be. Fa- you think they're going to win with Jordan Love?
2: No. Here's the thing: they were favored by that much in part because Stafford's gone, and they replaced him with Jared Goff. I mean, there's no chance that. I mean, the, they had a one percent chance with Stafford. Now it's negative five thousand with Jared Goff.
0: If but Aaron Rodgers is traded this off season, it changes the landscape of the NFL. That's. Does Matthew Stafford going to the Rams change the landscape
2: of the NFL? I know they're not in the same par, but he's seventy five percent of Aaron Rodgers. I
0: would like. see I would say no, because the Rams
1: are already a playoff team without Stafford. So that that, that they're gonna stick par for the course, still be a playoff team with the Packers. You're talking about a team that went to two straight NFC title games, probably is not going to make the playoffs without Aaron Rodgers. And then wherever Aaron Rodgers goes, he can go to a team that didn't make the playoffs last year. And all of a sudden they're a playoff team. So you're affecting multiple things with multiple dominoes. Whereas Matthew Stafford went to a non-playoff team. That's still going to be a non-playoff team. Or he came from a non-playoff team and he's going to go to a playoff team. That's still going to be a playoff team. So nothing changes.
2: I'm just playing devil's
0: advocate. You want
1: avocados
2: because I need Jordan Love to come through for me. Devil's
0: avocado, Larry. All right, we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers' plenty this (laughs) offseason. Let's take a break and we come back the final two divisions in the NFC. Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports. That can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week of the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment for the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.
1: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers
2: are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit
0: roberthalf.com today. So the Atlanta Falcons will be the first team we'll discuss in the NFC South. Atlanta kick-started kick their draft by taking Kyle Pitts at number four overall. Everyone knew they were going to do it. They got a B-minus from Pete Prisco. There was, There's no question. They were taking Kyle Pitts unless they got a trade-out. No one was going to be willing to trade up there. So they stood pat and took Pitts, and that's a great job. He's a can't-miss prospect, as Pete Prisco writes. Uh, Richie Grant in the second round. Jalen Mayfield in the third. Darren Hall in the fourth. And then they picked up kind of a surprising number of late-round picks because this is a team that doesn't have – might not even have enough money to sign all the draft picks, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing, right? So, um, all right, where to have these guys graded? I'm trying to send out these tweets here as I talk to you guys about my wins over Wilson. So, the Falcons, baby, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Come on! Oh, I didn't have grades for them. That's not true. Oh, there they are.
1: They're dead last, aren't they? No, they're not.
2: They're nineteenth. There we go. Got so much going on. Windsor Wilson's tough work breach. So let's see what we got here with the old Falcons. Kyle Pitts, easy. Richie Grant, I actually love that pick a lot. I mean, he helps the defense. um, And and that's primarily, I mean, that that was at the top of the do list. If you're not taking Kyle Pitts, you feel like you have to trade down. If you're not taking the quarterback, and just load up on defense. They were able to do both. Jalen Mayfield feels a need. Um, It'll be interesting to see if he plays tackle or probably kick inside the guard. Uh, And let's see drew Dahlman, the center out of stanford I, I didn't love it for in the fourth round i had him more as a six round pick um but i did like uh aguna jay that the um edge rusher out of notre dame who went in the fifth round uh, i had him going as a fourth rounder so that was a good pick there and then frank darby the very last pick they had uh the latest wide receiver out of arizona state after Nikhil harry and then last year brandon ayuk um he wasn't as explosive as I was hoping. I had him going at the end of the fifth. They got him at the top of the sixth. So not much difference, but a little bargain there, and he has a chance to be on that offense with Kyle Pitts and Julio and Calvin Ridley, and you know have some chance have chances for success without having to be, you know, the number two or even the number three guy.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love that they took Kyle Pitts because this is Arthur Smith saying, "Look, Matt Ryan hasn't really been in decline. We just need to put a better team around him." And now you look at all these weapons that the Falcons have. And, uh, you know, even if they change, even if they trade Julio Jones, uh, that's still going to be a tough offense to stop. But, you know, that doesn't mean their defense is magically going to get better. Their offensive line could still struggle. So this is still a team that has plenty of holes. Um, But I do like the statement they made by taking Kyle Pitts.
0: Yeah, just lean into your strengths. You know, that defense is going to be a problem. It just is. Dean Pease is coming to town, so maybe he's able to scheme up a little bit more pressure than we saw from Dan Quinn and Raheem Morris. I think there's a possibility of that happening. But if this team is going to be good, it needs to be because Matt Ryan is putting up MVP caliber numbers. And I would also say that um, if you look at the odds, you know, while Debo brings up the next team, I'll look up the odds for Matt Ryan. I don't think it's a bad play to take a stab at Matt Ryan MVP. Wow. <laughs> Plus. I just feel like he could put up some. I'm some- waiting
1: to see if Julio's on the roster before I'm making that bet.
0: Why, Why? would he be? They're not trading him.
1: I yeah, mean, it'd have to be a post June 1st trade, so now would be the time for it to happen.
0: All right, Matt Ryan is 30 to one. He oh, is behind Des- uh, William Hill behind Deshaun Sean Watson at 25 to one. Kyler, I mean Herbert, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Russ, Lamar, Josh Allen, Rogers, and Mahomes. Hey, basically, he has the same uh, his same number as. Derrick Henry. I'd like it at 50 to 1. 30 to 1's a little rich for me. So <laughs> okay. there you go. Saints. Sorry. Saints. Saints got a C from Pete Prisco, who did not love their draft. They took Peyton Turner to get uh to beef up their edge presence at 28th overall. Then Pete Warner, the linebacker out of Ohio State. Paul Sendadebo, the quarterback out of Stanford, and Ian Book in the fourth round. A lot of defense, and then uh a quarterback who maybe is a hybrid of drew Brees and taysom hill
2: yeah maybe i gave him they ranked 27th on wins over wilson uh the only pick in this class that was underdrafted in, in terms of being a value was paulson adebo the cornerback out of stanford opted out last year i had him going in late second in early third i like that pick a lot i don't even hate the peyton turner pick in the first round um i had him going in late second he was late first um there was some buzz on him he was just played at houston and hadn't played a lot of top level competition but he Looked like a guy who could have some success in the NFL. The biggest issue for me was Pete Werner, um, the linebacker at Ohio State, who inexplicably went in the bottom of round two. Maybe he's going to be great, and I hope he is, but he felt like more of a late fourth-round guy, and I liked his teammate, Baron Browning, a lot more. Uh, He went later in the draft. and Ian Book is a curious pick when you have other needs, but you know, if Sean Payton has thoughts that he can make a guy work out as a quarterback, then I'm willing to watch and see how it unfolds.
1: Yeah, I think the Saints have a rookie quarterback in there could be fun, but again, like this is not the year to take a quarterback if you're the Saints. Fill the other holes. You have Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Figure out what's going on there. You don't need to add a third ingredient into uh, this two ingredient drink. So, I was yeah. going to
2: say a quarterback pie. A two yeah, quarterback, quarterback pie. pie.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, so it's meh. That's how I feel about the Saints draft. Wow.
0: Yeah, kind of meh. But they've been they've been drafting really well the last few years. It's that's you know, true. Yeah. You know, ever- well,
2: I mean, last year they took Caesar Ruiz. The year after they took Eric McCoy, and like two centers. But they worked out. They had, to, they had a plan for both guys, so that was curious, but it worked out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they've been ever since 2017. They've been kind of been slaying it with the draft. Um, since oh god, how am I forgetting his name? Former freaking dude who asked Des Bryant if his mom was a you know. Oh yeah, him. Uh, Ireland, Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff Ireland joined that front office and they've really improved their ability to draft players. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers not as active in the draft this year as they were last year when they aggressively moved up to draft an offensive lineman that worked out great for them they got a C from Pete Prisco for sitting back at 32 taking an edge rusher and then using their second round pick on Kyle Trask Florida quarterback maybe Tom Brady's the the latest in a long 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 line of people who might replace Tom Brady when he retires in the year 2095 Wilson any, any thoughts any standouts here with uh with Tampa's class
2: I think 29th wins over Wilson. The, I'll mention just one pick. I, I like, I didn't find with the Cal Trask pick. I love the Joe try pick the Robert Haynesy pick was a little rich for my blood, but I'll tell you why he played right tackle at Notre Dame and he struggled at right tackle. So I had him as like a fifth, fifth round pick. He went late third and that's because he's going to kick inside the guard where teams liked him a lot. I just never saw him play there. So um, I had no real conception of what that might look like, but if the Buccaneers are happy with it and they want to take him late third, uh, great for him. So that's what a draft uh, uh, affected their draft stock most um, and I love the Jalen Darden pick the wide receiver at North, uh, North Texas. I think he had 19 touchdowns last year, 12 the year before, and he is electric. He's a lot of fun. So I think on that offense with all those playmakers, um, he'll be fun to watch it. You on the field,
1: uh, I'll just say real quick. I like the Kyle Trask pick. I mean, I don't see why not. Obviously, look, we always joke that Brady's going to play forever. The truth is he's going to be 44 when the season starts. Probably has two more seasons max, and that's if this isn't his final season. So it, you know it's not going to go on forever. And you Wait, look at
2: why do you think this is his final season? Yeah, I, I said
1: it could, I, I said two more seasons max, and and there's an off. I give it a ten percent chance of this final season, but I say I'm ninety percent sure he's done after two more seasons. Who plays longer, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Aaron Rodgers. So anyway, not even hesitate. That's
0: not even hesitate. Less than seven percent chance that Rodgers. <laughs> Plays for the Packers, but, a, but but if
1: you look at the Buccaneers roster, Ryan ain't adding up. <laughs> the, is, only, the only backup quarterback on the roster right now is Ryan Griffin. They might re-sign Blaine Gabbert. You know, not two great names. If you can bring in Kyle Trask, he ends up being good, uh, mentored by Tom Brady, similar skill set. Why not see what he has? So I, I like that pick. You called,
2: reach out on that math. He just powered through it. He was what math? I didn't hear the math. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady math.
0: I, the thing, I, the reason I don't mind the Kyle Trask pick is that unlike the Jordan Love pick, the, the Buccaneers probably went to Tom Brady and said, hey, if Kyle Trask is there at the end of the second round, we think we're going to take him. Hope that's cool. And by the way, of course, we re-signed everybody this all season. We brought everybody back for the Super Bowl run. So. And
1: Brenton, real quick, I actually wrote a story about that on Tuesday that people can check out. That If you look at... uh The Buccaneers, Jason Light, general manager, literally came out and said, yeah, I talked to Tom a few weeks before the draft, said if there's a quarterback there, we might. You know, like he doesn't need our draft plans, but I did tell him we might want to take a quarterback. And the twist here is that the Chicago Bears even gave Andy Dalton a heads up that they might take a quarterback. Andy Dalton has never taken a single snap with that team. And the Bears still felt compelled to say, hey, look, we might take a quarterback, which makes it even more insane that the Packers did not give Aaron Rodgers a head. Well, maybe head the
0: Bears decided to tell Andy Dalton after they let my good friend Mike Glennon go to the draft party without telling them they were going <laughs> to even though they were locked into it once they traded up for two. Maybe that's why the Bears told Andy Dalton. So either they, way, it makes the Packers look worse. Yes, just tell. If you just tell Aaron Rodgers, hey, we might take a quarterback if this isn't here. If this is here, we you're old. We might. yeah take But a
2: you know what? That's like when you have to tell your grandpa something and he knows me yelling and screaming because he's old and ornery. He doesn't want to hear it. Uh, granddad, your dentures didn't come in today and he just flips out. They're like, you know what? Let's just see what happens. Maybe he won't be watching the draft tonight. He's out doing whatever he's doing. And and if it blows Ah. my face,
1: it's also like if you tell your wife, hey, I'm going to go out to lunch with a friend and then she's a p- picture on Instagram. The friend's yeah. actually an attractive woman. You get home. She's like, oh, you left that part out. So yeah, like just right. give them the details so that no one's wondering anything.
0: Oh, was I supposed to tell you that part? Totally slipped <laughs> yeah. my mind. Uh, fun fact, Kyle Trask. Do you know Do you know how he got his, his name? I don't see beauty. How do you get his name? He was named after Kyle Field at Texas A&M. All right. Fun that's fact. interesting.
1: Is his middle name Field?
0: Kyle Field Trask. His middle name is Yates. The Carolina Panthers got a B plus. Fr- I don't know who his middle name is. Carolina Panthers got a B plus from Pete Prisker for their draft, which was a little surprising in the sense that they drafted J.C. Horn eighth overall. and not Justin Fields and not Patrick Sertan and not Panay Sewell, all of whom were on the board. They went J.C. Horn. If just really depends on your opinion of Sertan and Horn. Panay wasn't there, Brenton. Panay went seventh. I'm an idiot. Why did I think he went 11th? Um, I wonder if they would have taken Panay if he'd been there.
1: They'd have been dumb if they didn't. We'll never know.
0: I think they would have taken Panay. Yeah, my bad. He did, Let's he debate that
1: for 30 minutes.
0: Uh, and then their second yeah, in their second round, they traded down. They actually were on the clock when Tevin Jenkins was sitting there for them. They need a left tackle badly. They trade down, uh, pick up Terrence Marshall out of LSU, a first-rounder worthy of a first-round pick, were it not for medicals, but Joe Brady maybe knows a little thing or two about LSU, and then got the offensive tackle in the third round with Brady Christensen. They traded down a ton. I also landed my guy, Chuba Hubbard. Hell yeah, I love Chuba Hubbard. And uh, I thought it was a pretty good first draft by Scott Fitterer in Carolina, Wilson.
2: Came in 10th on wins over Wilson, so they did a really good job. Um, in fact, the funny thing is I like Chuba Hubbard too a lot. They, I had him going as a late 5th. He went as a late 4th, so that was – the biggest discrepancy. Everything else was pretty close, or they they got value for the guys they drafted. Uh the name that sticks out to me the most in terms of the the best value was Deontay Brown. The his nickname's cornbread, the guard out of Alabama, went uh midway oh through bad. the sixth. Mid, oh my midway. god, he
0: is enormous, right?
2: Yeah, huge. He went midway through the six. I had him as a late third rounder, but he may he may have to lose some weight. That that may be the, the part of the issue why he fell. But again, um Joe Brady saw him up close and personal when he was at LSU. Uh, he played at Alabama, played against some of the best players in the country, and they need help along the offensive line. So that's a great value pick. And, and if you hit on it, you know more power to you.
0: They drafted a long snapper in the sixth round as well. They did. I had a first round grade on him.
1: That's because Matt Rule knows the value of good long snapping. Good for him.
2: <laughs> also Alabama guy, so maybe Matt Rule is going the Nick Saban route, like the Patriots, just drafting only Alabama kids.
0: Well, I mean, you look at this list, Breach. It, there sure are a lot of Power Five and SEC schools. They drafted Horn. Marshall, uh, Trimble. uh Brown, shy Smith, Fletcher, and Phil Hoskins, all Tom, SEC guys, Tommy Trimble and Tommy Trimble, Notre Dame, not SEC, but power, power five though. Yeah. The only guy that wasn't a power five guy was, uh, Brady Christensen from BYU. This is, that's sort of an interesting thing to note. That's not a Seattle style thing. I'm just curious if that's a Scott fitter away.
1: Uh, and, and real quick, here's my special teams tidbit. When the Panthers called, Fletcher to tell him they were drafted. You're you're a long snapper. You are not expecting to get drafted. Uh and roll calls him up and he literally responded by, by saying, Are you effing kidding me? Yeah. Like, are you effing
2: I will kidding walk me?
0: There right now, bro. I will he, walk there right now. Yeah.
2: He, he was totally probably, thought he was being
1: pranked. Didn't think he was being drafted.
2: I would guess he wasn't watching the draft at that point because that's Saturday afternoon. I would he's probably playing golf, cutting his grass. I mean, he, a long snapper there was side. only
1: like 35 picks left at that point. Yeah.
0: Well, good for him. Yeah. yeah. Good for him. Uh, anyway, curious to see how that plays out. The JC Horn pick will certainly be scrutinized in Carolina. But man, I think you know. I don't think the Panthers are going to win the division or anything. But with all the defensive, uh, with all the defensive players they drafted last year, then you add Horn, you get Marshall and Christensen, and and maybe. Uh, I think Hubbard can be effective this year working behind as a third down role behind uh, Christian McCaffrey. And then you have Deontay Brown. I,
2: By the way, that's, that's a great point. That's a great fit for Hubbard because he is basically the, the airback version, a lighter version of, of Christian McCaffrey, that type of player. So I, I think that's a great fit and you're not going to overuse him, and it'll take some of the stress off McCaffrey. So I would like to pick in the fourth round.
0: If you're listing winners and losers from the draft, if I had been, if I had done my, I used to do it. I don't do it anymore. If I did a winners and losers article for this draft, Sam Darnold would be a winner.
2: I was just thinking about that. I was going to ask you, is that a, uh, would you call the, the Aaron Rodgers potential move earth shattering? What'd you call it? Uh, landscape shift. Yeah. Shift changes the landscape of the NFL. Does the Sam Darnold going to a real, a, what looks to be a pretty good team change anything in that
1: division or no, uh, the Panthers, of their 11 losses last year, eight of them were by one score, and it does feel like this roster's better. Like, this feels like a Dark Horse team that could... Uh, everyone uh,
0: needs to be a little bit better in-game coaching. That That's a thing. That, and now, the other thing, too, is, like, Teddy Bridgewater late in games was so slow. He wasn't running up-tempo offense. You wonder if Sam Darnold will be able to be better at that. You would think that he is. We
2: talked about Tua make-or-break here. This is Sam Darnold's make-or-break
0: here, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well,
1: not really, because he's now got a... $18 million guarantee for 2022.
2: Yeah, but I mean, they can still wash their hands. My point is that whether he's going to be a good quarterback or not.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big year for him. It's also a uh, pretty big week for the Champions League. It's close to crowning a champion with the second leg of the semifinals coming this week. The K Galazzo podcast pre- uh, provides previews, recaps, analysis, and betting tips for Champions League and Europa League. Listen as the team chats with UEFA Team Insiders to give their picks of which team takes home the Champions League title. The Champions Follow Kay Golazo wherever you find this podcast. To the NFC West to wrap up the show. The, C- the NFC West will be quick because a bunch of them didn't have picks. The C- Seahawks <laughs> C- got maybe the lowest grade from Pete Prisco of any team, a D for their work in the draft. They had three picks, and they left with three draft prospects. They didn't. Their first pick was 56th overall. You have to add Jamal Adams to this draft class, I guess. I don't know if that's good or bad. Then they got Trey Brown, the Oklahoma Wait, quarterback. Wait, I'm sorry to interrupt you. So he gives them a
2: D, but you look at the
1: individual grades. A
0: minus. All from Trapasso.
2: Trapasso handed. Oh, sorry.
0: Yeah, he gave out all the okay. grades.
1: Briscoe did not grade any I forgot said. about I that that's a,
0: that's a reasonable, it's, it's a reasonable situation. We talked about it yesterday. I just I was so fired up about it. All right, go ahead. Anywho. Um, no, go ahead. Talk about it.
2: Here's the funny thing. So Windsor Wilson, uh, just comparing where I had them going and where they actually went, they're 12th. Like this draft class ranked 12th. Now this isn't including Jamal Adams, but that's certainly fair to do because he is a obviously first round talent. D. Eskridge, the wide receiver out of Western Michigan. I had him going a little lower. I had him going in the middle of the third. He went bottom of the second. And look, there are other needs. And Russell Wilson probably put on the Aaron Rodgers face when the offensive lineman wasn't the first pick. But I do love the idea of Dwayne Eskridge, who a uh, D. Eskridge, excuse me, who is electric. Like he is burner fast. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf and DS and, uh, out there is, is pretty exciting. Trey Brown is a really good cornerback. He's par- probably plays as physical as any cornerback in, in this class. He's only 5'9". Uh, so they get value there and they got a ton of value with Stone too. who I had, had as a mid-third round pick. Um, he may have to move to right tackle maybe. He played left tackle at, at um, Florida. But again, you're, you're fortifying the offensive line and you get a really good pick uh, at the bottom of the sixth. I don't have any issue with this draft given how Know, handcuffed they were with, with what they were able to do
1: i'm always uh, happy with any team that uses their first pick of the draft on a player from the mid-american conference uh yeah and i think eskridge could be good in that offense and again when you are a receiver drafted and say the second round and you know you have two guys in front of you uh like lockett and metcalf so you're going to the team expectations aren't high all you have to do is be a decent third receiver i i always think that's a perfect spot. Uh, for someone to go, especially someone coming from the Mac, coming from a smaller school. Uh, so I think he could do big things in Seattle. So I don't know if i as high as you, Ryan, but I'm not definitely not as low as Prisco on the Seahawks draft class.
0: The uh Raiders also got a D from Prisco. Prisco said that the skinny on the Seahawks D, they didn't have a lot of picks because of trades. Their first and third round picks with the Jets and the Jamal Adams trades, but I didn't love what they did with the three picks they had. It was just okay. I love Pete. Reading Pete's Play by plays. I
1: think Prisco handed out three D's. The Texans also got one. Oh, oh, yeah. There you
0: go. Yep. Let's go to the Rams next. The LA Rams also short on picks. They got a B minus from Pete Prisco because their first round pick went, acquired Matthew Stafford. One would have to think that that matters in, in Pete's analysis. And then they drafted Tutu Atwell, wide receiver out of Louisville, five nine one. Wait, it's 165. Yeah. Okay, pal. More like 145. He was their second-round pick. Ernest Jones, linebacker from South Carolina in the third. Bobby Brown in the fourth round, which calls Charles Davis to drop a it's-my-prerogative joke on Rich Eisen's head. And a slew of other late-round picks, Wilson. Yeah, the
2: issue with Tutu Atwell is this. He weighs 149. Again, he's sort of like D. Esker, we just talked about, and that he he's a slack guy. You can line him outside if you want to, but he can do a lot of things uh, that we have sort of see these small smaller receivers starting to do. But at 149, that's one thing. We talk about durability with – uh, Devontae Smith, good Lord, this guy weighs 15 pounds less than Devontae. And number two, this is a team with a ton of needs on the offensive line and some on defense, and you have Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. You sh- signed Deshaun Jackson. Where is Tito Atwell going to play? I mean, this is your first pick, and so that was a concern there. I do love that they drafted everyone named Ernest in the draft. That's pretty awesome because you don't see a lot of Ernest walking around these days. Uh, I like the Bobby Brown pick, um, and the funny thing is both Ernest. Both Ernest Jones, who went in the third round, and Ernest Brown, who went in the in the fifth round. Felt like they were about a, a round and a half over drafted. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I I didn't love it. Oh, one other name I'll mention. Jacob Harris. That guy's gonna be fun. I didn't have him going as high as the late fourth. I had him as a late fifth, it looks like. But he didn't play a lot of football. He was playing soccer up until late in his high school career. He's like six five, two thirty, plays wide receiver slash tight end. So they can have something to work with there and he he's going to be pretty good on special teams uh, early on in his career looks like
1: i'm surprised the rams turned in any picks to be honest they're huh. making the entire giraffe from a mansion in malibu that's right on the beach sean McVay is chilling out at this pool infinity pool with the pacific ocean in the background they have an oil painting a freaking roger goodell hanging up in the house i mean they were living the life
2: and I and think they, also they traded back into day three, so they had another day to stay at the, at the mansion.
1: Oh, you know that's why they did that. They're like, all right, guys, we're not packing up our bags. Just keep trading back, and we're staying here for as long as possible. Um, but, yeah, everything Ryan
0: said. I thought it was a decent draft. Oh, and you know what? My bad. That first round pick was not Matthew Stafford. That was Jalen Ramsey. Oh, my God. They are going to pick in the first round until 20. 20- and,
1: and fun fact, Sean McVay. He's gotten he has a winning record every season with the Rams has never had a first round pick, uh, since he was hired.
0: He deserves and- more love for that. Cause that makes it a lot harder to, to win football games. And he still manages to do that. The Arizona Cardinals come out of the draft with a B from Pete Prisco. Did you like their draft Wilson? It started with Zayvon Collins. I'll tell you what I loved about their draft. Say Zayvon Collins and Steve Kine. their phone call. Did you, did you see that? Man, that was intense. We're going <laughs> to beep and win. We're going to win. We're going to get the biggest beeping Super Bowl ring you've ever seen. He's just swearing up. And I think
2: down. he talked about murdering people, too. So, yeah, he's like, we're going to
0: get. And then and then Kim is like, oh, keep the intensity, bro. Like, he knows he's on camera. He's like, I'm going to let you talk to our owner, Michael Bidwell. <laughs> like, this is our owner, Michael Bidwell. I cannot be more clear. Our owner. Like, take it down a notch. Stop saying F bombs, dude. And, um, but, Collins is pumped for the draft, you know, and they come back with Rondell Moore in the second round, which I thought was a a great value there. Marco Wilson in the fourth. They didn't have a third round pick. They they traded for uh, Rodney Hudson, which is a nice little haul there as well. Wilson.
2: Yeah. This draft class ranks second wins over Wilson. That's how good this draft class was in terms of where I thought they would go and where they ended up going. They got a lot of value Uh, in the second round with Rondell Moore. The only issue with Rondell Moore is I love Rondell Moore and I love the pick. He's basically Andy Isabella. So, how many Andy Isabellas do you need on one team? So, I'm wondering what's going to happen there. And, uh, take Allen, their sixth round pick, and James Wiggins, their seventh round pick, were both, uh, I thought fourth and fifth round value. So, uh, they did a great job. And Michael Manette, Debo's guy, the center at Penn State, actually had a sixth round pick. They got him late in the seventh. So, it feels like they, uh, got a lot of value. I just question the Rondell Moore pick, not because I don't like Rondell Moore. I do. Just where do you put him with Andy Isabella, literally, on right, the roster? See you, Andy.
1: I was going to say, it feels like they're saying, all right, well, we're going to bring in Rondell Moore and uh, either him or in- Andy Isville is going to take over that spot. And if Andy doesn't step it up, it's not going to be him. And he's only got two years left on his contract. That's yeah, a second, year round,
2: second round pick from two years ago. You're like, yep, yeah, that's a wrap.
1: I-, I mean, if you have the guy already in hand to replace him, yeah, that's exactly what you do.
0: So basically, <laughs> swapping out Josh Rosen for Rondell Moore. I think it's okay. Ryan Moore is actually a better quarterback, which is <laughs> 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 <Ow>. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. unnecessary. Right. Josh Rosen dunking <laughs> Sorry, poor, Josh. poor
1: Josh Rosen. No,
2: know.
0: but I mean, look if 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 Andy Isabella's is not working out, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, I think that Steve Kime has certainly cooled his seat in Arizona. Feels like it, right? It was nuclear hot after the Rosen debacle, and then managed to survive that. You bring in Kyler Murray, it looks like things are going a little bit better. So I think Cliff Kingsbury's seat will be toasty if this team isn't in playoff contention or doesn't make the playoffs, but they feel pretty set in how they're operating right now.
2: Yeah, but they, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury has to be a better coach. That was sure. at times hard to watch the conservatism, conservatism, which what they played.
0: Wouldn't it be difficult to fire Cliff Kingsbury? He's so handsome. Yes, it would be. You bring That's him fair. to the
2: office. You bring me to the office, of Cliff. I need to talk to you. Uh,
0: but, but also, if you're so if you're Michael Bidwell, you're constantly doing stuff outside of the facility. You know, you're, you're with King, You know, you're like, hey, Cliff, Steve, we're doing dinner. You know, going to do a dinner here. Da, da, da. So you go out to dinner with Cliff Kingsbury, and people are just staring at you because you're because you because you with somebody so handsome, and you make <laughs> feel more handsome. You know.
2: Well, Kyle Shanahan was able to make it work with Jimmy G. He moved on from that,
0: so. Ouch. Handsomeness doesn't do everything. quarterbacks here. Speaking of the 49ers, they got a C from Pete Prisco in his draft grades, probably because they took Trey Lance third overall. I just don't see trading up with two first-round picks is the price to get a guy who is raw and needs time. Lance has skills, but he will need time. Not that's not redundant, Pete. Good job. Um, you know, if you don't like if you like Justin Fields better than Trey Lance, you're probably not going to give this a huge grade. And they gave up a ton for him. So I can understand the concern. Two future first-round picks in addition to number 12 overall. And when the draft actually rolls around, you find out probably could have given up a third-round pick most to go up against Justin Fields instead of going all the way up to number three. But Trey Lance has insane athletic upside. They're going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo around, in my opinion, to let Lance learn. And if Jimmy G stinks or gets hurt, you can put Lance in there. And I tend to think this has... So uh, this reminds me, it's happened to the same guy, but Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes in terms of the upside, both because Lance has the the physical skill set, Wilson, but also because of the Kyle Shanahan offense.
2: Yeah. So that's the thing. I I'm fine giving, I was fine giving Shanahan a pass for Mac Jones doing all that. So I'm certainly going to be fine with Trey Lance who physically (laughs) has more tools and just hasn't played a lot of football and that's the reality of it. And sometimes it just blows up in your face. And sometimes it blows up in your face and you can bounce back from it. See Ryan Pace and uh, Matt naked in draft. See Ryan Pace. So uh, I, they ranked 23rd and wins over Wilson and they only had one pick. That was a value pick in terms two picks, excuse me, that are value picks in terms of them um, going after I thought they should go that, and that wasn't until uh, Jalen Moore in the fourth round, the late, uh, excuse me, early in the fifth round, the offensive alignment um, at Western Michigan. And then, uh, Telenoa who, 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 what's his name? Huganga. Is that right? I think
1: that's right. Huganga. Yeah, Ooganga. the
2: safety out of USC, who actually I liked a lot. I thought he would go in the, in the middle of the fourth round. He went late fifth. So some picks, I mean, the Aaron Banks pick is a home run. He, he went right where I thought he would go. Trey Sermon, I didn't love him as, as much as some other running backs.
0: Mm, I, I love Sermon in terms of his fit. But that's what you have to think about. So you give a grade
2: to this guy. You don't know where he's going to go. And then you have to reconsider, just like we did with uh, Chuba Hubbard going to the the Panthers. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. I thought that Ramondre Stevenson, who actually replaced Sermon at Oklahoma when Sermon transferred to Ohio State, had a better season. But Sermon went higher, and clearly teams, um, at least one team, liked them more.
1: And I think one thing, you know, obviously with taking Trey Lance and there's all this debate about whether or not the 49ers are going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan has been insistent that that's not going to happen. And I think you look at uh, the three, four, and five quarterbacks that were taken in this draft, all the head coaches said the same thing after the draft, whether it was Shanahan, Bill Belichick, or uh, Kyle, or it was Ryan Pace, not Matt Nagy in Chicago. They all said, hey, the guy that's already here is the starter right now. But if he gets beat out in trading camp, then, you know, we're ready to give the job of the rookie. And I think that has to be your mindset. Shanahan's saying, hey, look, Jimmy Garoppolo understands his offense. When he's healthy, he can get us to the Super Bowl. So I don't mind letting him start for one more season, especially because Trey Lance is inexperienced. He's only started 17 games an entire uh, college career. So if he doesn't come in and grasp everything right away, I'm not going to worry about that because I have Jimmy Garoppolo. So, I, you know, I, I don't think that's a horrible philosophy. I think a lot of fans will want to see Trey Lance start from day one. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's why you have Jimmy Garoppolo. So uh, I think the 49ers made the right move, even if Pete Prisco hates it.
2: By the way, that was a misspelled word. It's Telenoa Hufanga. I was like, Hufanga doesn't look right. It's Hufanga. Sorry, (laughs) Sorry, Telenoa. No, that's all right. Uh,
0: Yeah, man, look, the 49ers are going to be judged by Trey Lance down the road. So
2: uh, how many games do they need to win this year if Jimmy G starts, and then it has to be Trey Lance next year? So what are the expectations over the next Two years,
1: uh, <laughs> be playoffs. Next it's year? got to be whatever. It's got to be better than whatever Jimmy G did. And and you know, you guys said it. it's like this is Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes situation where no matter what happens with Jimmy G, if he takes him to the NFC title game, you know, Alex Smith took them pretty far in 2017. You're giving the job to Trey Lance the following season, no matter what. So maybe Jimmy starts this entire year, even if he gets in the Super Bowl. You know, maybe it gets dicey if they win the Super Bowl, but yeah. as long as that doesn't happen. Trey Lance is your 2022 starter, no matter what.
0: It's pretty yeah. crazy that Trey Lance might go 730 days or thereabouts. <laughs> that is crazy. That's like one game of one football game. And that's or two football games, I suppose. Is, this,
2: is Trey Lance riskier than Matt Jones at three?
0: Mm, no. Mac. Are you sure? I feel like the 49ers will get a pass of sorts if Trey Lance flashes but never puts it together. If they would get killed if Mac was just floor but never ceiling, now I mean it doesn't matter if you win a Super Bowl, you know, ultimately. yeah. Well, perception wise, that, that I agree with that. That's right. Yeah, would but, you yeah. rather have stayed put at 12? Tw- I mentioned they could have gotten fields by trading up to with a three, they could have just taken Mac Jones at 12. Just well, taking, in
2: retrospect, oh. that's what you do and keep all your picks. That's right,
0: right? Or you keep all your picks and you because they traded. I think this is an interesting debate because. The and we won't linger on it too long, but the Dolphins could the Dolphins have gotten more the day of the draft or that, like, in the days leading into the draft rather than trading five weeks early? Because once those quarterbacks started working out, man, the price got jacked up. They got a ton though, yeah. But but the 49ers jacked
1: up the price, so if they don't make that trade, then the price might not have been jacked up, you know. Like,
0: I think to move up from Inside from outside the top ten to number three in a class of those quarterbacks, it was just going to take that much. I just wonder how much the Bears would have sacrificed. All uh, of, their whole draft. Yeah, we'll never. And future. I don't know. I, I, you know what I'm saying. I mean, that's not a. Unreasonable well,
1: imagine being the 49ers at 12, seeing like Justin Fields available at 10, then you don't have to give up any. You
0: know. I was saying, or just draft Mac Jones at 12, or you get on the like the draft comes around Thursday night, the Aaron Rodgers rumors are swirling, swirling. And you call Green Bay and say, listen... Well, they did that anyway. No, <laughs> But but you would have been a lot easier to trade for Aaron Rodgers with your future first-round
2: picks. So what do you do at three if you dra- if you trade for Aaron Rodgers? I guess the three has to be part of the deal for Aaron Rodgers. You
1: trade, right. you draft Kyle
2: Pitts, and toss him. Toss right, him the Packers
1: would have said, this is what we want. Yeah.
2: The Packers probably would have just asked for Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, because the,
1: the, the, if you had traded Aaron Rodgers in the draft, you couldn't trade a 2021 pick if it was going to be a post-June 1st trade, which would have helped the Packers cap situation. So the... Four Niners would have had to draft the player and then trade the player to the Packers.
2: Would you trade Aaron Rodgers to the Bengals for Joe Burrow?
0: No.
1: Let's. I just just,
0: Aaron Rodgers only has two. He only has
1: two or three years left. Like you're mortgaging maybe the
0: the Bengals aren't ready right now to win. Uh, would you trade... Robert by the way, Joe Rogers, Burrow...
1: I mean, Joe, if you're Jacksonville, would you trade Trevor Lawrence for Aaron Rodgers? By the way, I just got a text
0: from Joe yeah.
2: Burrow. He would love to go to Green Bay. <laughs>
0: yeah. trade... Like, if you're the Chargers, you wouldn't trade Justin Herbert for Aaron Rodgers, right? No, you're not. Just because, I wouldn't if
2: I'm the Chargers, no. No, no. Hell no, you wouldn't. But we saw... I mean, Joe Burrow in the Chargers offense would have been much better than it was last year. He wouldn't have died, probably, so we'd have a better sense of that. But if I'm the Bengals, I'm thinking about it. If I'm um, Brandon
0: Staley, I'm not doing it. Yeah. The, and the other thing too with the possibility of a to trade from 3 through the 49ers is that if you, you know you call the packers you're like they're like all right, like we'll figure this deal out but just go ahead and draft Kyle Pitts and then we'll you know, we'll we'll get the deal done and then the deal falls apart and you you have Kyle Pitts and Jimmy Garoppolo and you you get a three first round picks for Kyle Pitts that's sort of a problem and, and, and you can't trade you can't trade that 3 to the packers anyway cuz it's worth three first round picks and the packers aren't going to value it as three first round picks you know
2: there aren't many teams as I look through them that I wouldn't trade Aaron Rodgers to. Look, you're trading Aaron Rodgers to the Browns all day long. Like you're not oh, thinking, you're not I, heard. Baker be, oh, goes,
0: easy. I'm off on that. They could be like, I understand. Do it. Yeah, do it.
2: I mean, the Colts, the Dolphins. I think I,
1: the Dolphins would be intriguing. Oh no, that, that's the, a Super Bowl contender with Rodgers, right?
2: I, I was just like, they're driving to, uh to Green Bay and dropping him off. Like, and, are
1: they the number two team in the AFC behind the Chiefs? If if the Dolphins got Rodgers, maybe and, the number one. Yeah, they went ten and six with two and Fitzpatrick. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's close. Like, like it's like two a. Like, I put the bills. Rogers, in there. Rogers, the Dolphins, or or the Bills. I'll take. The, I mean, the Dolphins would immediately be favored to win the division. I'll tell you that much.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. But I think the Bills are are, are they're still a really good football team. The
0: bills, by the way, are a little cheap to win the division minus one fifty.
2: Yeah, I mean, there there are no teams. So almost no teams. Maybe the Chargers. Uh, I mean, I'm trading. Are you trading them to the Buccaneers for Tom Brady? Oh, uh,
1: no.
0: I don't think he can.
1: <laughs> no, no, you're not trading your Super Bowl winning quarterback, Brady.
0: Yeah, the, uh, are you trading him? You know, to, probably, to, the, to the Ravens.
2: Uh I think he solves a lot of damn
1: problems. I, you know what the thing though is that you could do it without you know because Lamar Jackson's still on a
0: rookie contract. It's not like you're taking you, on you Lamar. Just try to win with Aaron Rodgers and run a. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Run the same offense, yeah. <laughs> would you do it with the Steelers? Oh, yeah, of course you would. would you Ryan is driving
1: to Green oh, Bay God. and picking Aaron Rodgers up. Yeah. That's right. Would
0: you do it with the Eagles? Of course you would. Would you, Actually, Debo, you would take Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah, okay. I didn't know if you thought the Eagles were too far away, you know, to, to add a quarterback. To Rodgers. Oh, we're so oh, close. Oh, oh, up high town hard. All right. All right, let's get it that It's an hour. Now. All right, Wilson's well, gonna go to a radio hit, and uh, I was just got a request to do. Uh, HQ at some point. said, Unfortunately, you have, you have to yeah. eat tacos.
1: I've got to go celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Bye,
0: right, boys. Great stuff as always. Talk to you guys later. If you want to win your fantasy
1: football league, it starts right now. The offseason is the best time to get ahead of the competition. We'll help you win your league on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, part of CBS Sports Podcast Network. Fantasy Football Today has three episodes every week following the latest news, giving you early rankings, early sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So if you're a dedicated fantasy football manager, check out the most dedicated podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found.